So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Secrets within these walls Another case goes unsolved pitch black, at the bottom of a chasm miles underneath the surface of the earth. But when I looked up, I could still faintly make out the hole that we fell through. The room around me had dirt walls, but it was not a natural cave. There were torches along the outskirts shining brilliant flame. I stood up and scanned my surroundings. What I thought was a giant rock was the slump body of the beast that destroyed the floor above us. It didn't breathe or twitch. About twenty feet away, Ulysses was face down in the dirt. I rushed over and turned him around. He was just unconscious. I tried to wake him, but he didn't respond to my shaking. Further down the wall was an iron barred door, like the one leading to a prison cell. I walked over and tested its willingness to open. Looks like it would be staying closed. There was a keyhole, but that key could have been gone for centuries at this point. And with my luck in the robe of the dead necromancer in the chapel high above, how was it able to reanimate long enough to... <sighs> well, I don't even know what he did. Maybe cast some kind of spell. Was it some kind of ancient alarm system? I tried Ulysses again, but he was still out cold. Not that it helps much against monsters, but I reloaded my revolver and figured I'd find a way out and carry Ulysses back if I had to. On the far side of the vast chamber, I saw a hallway leading out. On my way over to the opening, I noticed scrap laying on the ground. I picked it up, acknowledging the short sword Ulysses and I discounted. Saved my life. I also took a torch off the wall just in case when I went deeper, there weren't any more to light my path. The width of the hallway was generous, as if hundreds of people passed through here a day. Maybe at one time it did. What purpose did it serve? It couldn't have been anything good, 
considering the surprise for us in the chapel. A long winding path led into another chamber. This one had cots set up with tables, tankards, and key rings with keys dangling off of pegs in the wall. It looked like some kind of guard post, given the iron doors with the keyhole. This may have actually been a prison. I took a ring of keys, as all of them looked identical. The next iron door was unlocked, and when I tugged on it, it gave with ease. Not what I would anticipate for an ancient door. It opened to a room full of cells with no prisoners. There was a door on each side of the room. I opened the one on the right to be met with an awful smell. It looked like hundreds of years of rotten food and rat feces. It formed into towers of moldy stalagmites. This must have been a storeroom for food and supplies. I shut the door behind me, covering my mouth, trying not to dry heave. I headed towards the only door I didn't try yet. It didn't budge. So I tried the keys, and by the third one it finally opened. Now this hallway was significantly thinner, as if urging me not to go any deeper. The narrow path led me to a staircase. Peering over the railing, it looked like it spiraled infinitely, making me feel a little queasy. Not as much as the supply room, though. I don't think I could handle another one of those. Strange inscriptions carved into the stone wall followed me all the way down to the base. Well, I guess this is my stop. Floor number negative 1000. I highly doubt this is an alternate path to getting out of here. But I figured I had the keys and one of them had to work to get out the way I came. And since I'm down here, I might as well see if I can find some answers. A short walk forward revealed a large door with intricate carvings, matching the walls out on the staircase. The door was ajar. I heard movement inside, so I put my hand on the handle of scrap and unsheathed it. I crept into the frame, pushing the door open with my shoulder. I leapt forward, ready to defend myself. The room was completely dark, save for the faint glow emanating from the outline of a human in a cage at the center of the room. Who's there? Who are you? A prisoner. Well, obviously. What's your name? Andros. Well, Andros, where are you held here? And how long have you been in this cage? What year is it? Nineteen. <laughs> oh, how magnificent. Tell me, did you slay my jailer? Or did you bypass it like the woman before you? You look like a man resolute. But necromancy's a tough hurdle to climb, isn't it? Well, I'm kind of new to the whole magic and beasts thing. So why don't you keep it rudimentary for me? Why are you here? And what woman? You call them sirens. <clears throat> Blasphemy. Disgusting creatures, really. I should have wiped them all out. What was she doing here? Questioning me. Why? Who or what are you? I'm not sure you'd believe me if I told you. Especially considering how green you are to the concept of the supernatural. Try me. Well, I assume that aside from my dirt-stained face and shaggy hair, this glow about me, 
It's not very subtle, is it? I'm a celestial. An angel. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's rich. Seriously, what are you? Truly, an angel. Touch the tip of your finger to mine. Despite my better judgment, I extended an arm into the cage and touched my hand to his. My memories flashed through my mind, like they were called to the forefront. But some of the memories weren't mine. There was a flash of a man screaming in a cage. Ah, there's a lot of darkness in you, isn't there, Frank? What the hell? I told you, I'm an angel. So what, you touch me and learn my name? That's a nice parlor trick, but you haven't told me what Cordelia wanted. Nor will I, unless you release me. Looks like I'm your only option. Well, what's another 300 years in this pit, eh? <laughs> he didn't seem to care. Like time meant nothing to him. Like he'd sat at the precipice of the universe and yawned in boredom. Okay, I guess there's only one way this works, huh? Because I don't have 300 years to burn. A man of reason, after all. I shuffled through the keys, one of which was more extravagant than the rest. I assumed that was the key fit for an angelic prison. I unlocked the door. Andra slowly stood up. Ah, finally. An opportunity to stretch my legs. He didn't seem as out of shape as he should have been for collecting dust for centuries. A catalyst. Excuse me? The siren. She was looking for this region's catalyst. What is the catalyst? Simply put, a tree. Just like in the book, what makes these trees so special? Do me a favor and disfigure these sigils all the way up the stairs, would you? And the trees, they're a wellspring of celestial energy. Approaching the base of the spiraled staircase, Andras pulled my sword from its sheath and stabbed it into the stone wall. He grabbed my hand. When our skin touched, I saw more of Andras's memories being tortured by generations of jailers. My sympathy for him grew as I thought of how awful it must have been. Centuries. He seemed to notice his thoughts bleeding through and looked away shamefully. And she needs that power for her gateway to hell? Andra stopped walking. A smirk creeped up his face. So that's what she's doing. Do you know how to stop her? Yes. With my help, we should be able to stop this evil madness. You'd help us? I thought you'd be flying back to heaven by now. It doesn't work quite like that. Besides, I need to repay your kindness. You freed me of my problem. I'll do the same for you. We resumed our walking. We passed the old guard station. Andras took a rusty spear off of a weapon rack, and we began the winding path back to the chasm. How did they catch you, Andras? Were they all necromancers? No. Evil comes in all shapes and sizes. There was a large cult looking to summon demons. Rumor was, they were successful in bringing one lesser fiend into this plane. I was sent to foil their machinations and slay the demon. But when I investigated, there were no demons at all. 
just the trail of blood leading from this very chasm down to its core. They staged a false ritual site. When I investigated the area, it ended up being a trap set for angels. For a good 100 years, the necromancers would try and pry hidden knowledge and locations of ancient holy relics from me. I gave them very little. In truth, there isn't much to give. And in time, I was forgotten. They could never find a safe way to use me. So I rotted away. Did they torture you? Not quite. There's not many ways to harm my corporeal flesh. The torture was boredom. Did you ever find out who they were? What their goal was? No. I'm not sure they knew what their goal was. Obviously it wasn't virtuous. But I fear the Siren seeks to complete the ritual, bringing demons into this realm. And I will stop her. Andras looked stern, and a little scary if I'm honest. He was quiet until we made it back to the large chamber. Ulysses was just waking up as we approached. Ulysses, are you okay? I tried to wake you. Just a bump on the head. I should be alright. Well, who is this, Frank? Did you, uh, find a friend in the dark caverns? This is Andras. He's an angel, if you can believe it. He was locked in a cell. This is some secret underground prison. These necromancers must have been something if they trapped themselves an angel. I've heard of demons walking this earth, but I thought angels never came down. Well, there was threat of a cataclysmic event. Hmm. How did they keep you trapped down there? Enochian sigils designed as angel traps. It was my understanding that Enochian was only spoken. There was no written word. It's true. We avoid leaving a codex behind. Well, maybe we should go back down there so I can copy down the sigils for my research. We really must go. I'm sorry, but I've been trapped for hundreds of years. And we have a siren aiming to summon demons into this world. Time is of the essence. The ground shook violently, and a giant beast stood silhouetted in a single ray of light shining through the hole above. Poised to strike, the cobalt homunculus growled out a guttural sound. I readied Scrap. Ulysses loaded his last bolt. Andra spun his spear with perfect form. The monstrosity charged us. Ulysses flanked right and I went left. Andra slid between the creature's legs, slicing them open. Disable the legs first. I'll save my last shot for when it's down. Got it. I ran behind the cobalt and dug deep with my blade. Howling, it wavered and crashed to the ground. Andras plunged his spear into its chest. Now, Ulysses! Bursting into flame and wailing, the beast reeled, clumps of deadening flesh melting away from the magic that bound it. Let's get out of here. I have the key for the door. We ran for the door, despite the growing flames. The monster still came for us. I frantically went through the keys, finally finding the right one. We ran up the stairs as fast as we could, feeling the vibrations of thrashing against the chasm wall. We made it back to the chapel. The floor shook and a large, malformed hand rose out of the hole in the center of the room. All three of us ran for the door. Andras, lagging behind the farthest, was caught. Get out of here before the whole place crumbles. I ran back. I couldn't allow Andras to be released just to die immediately. 
And besides, we needed him. I darted in with an overhead swing of my not-so-legendary sword and severed most of the monster's hand at the wrist, releasing Andras. My half-burned face erupted from the hole. I slashed into that as well, causing it to rear back slightly. Preparing to lunge, the beast stood menacingly gnashing teeth on an off-centered jaw. Move, Frank! I turned around to see Andras rolling a portion of a demolished column towards me, and the creature. I dove out of the way. The rolling pillar crashed into the cobalt, sending and hurling down the chasm into a splat. Peering over the edge, I saw nothing but rotten guts and sinew. Some still on fire. I turned to look at Andras, and the stone and wood beneath me gave way. I anticipated a drop, but I dangled over the hole, held fast by Andras' grip. I had a flashback that was not my own again. I saw fire and pits of torment, hazy with evaporating sulfur. Andras lifted me out and we shared a nod. If you're quite done having fun, how about we make our exit? I shook my head in agreement, sheathing scrap and finally leaving the cathedral. We made it back outside, where there were birds chirping, and animals wrestling in the trees and brush as if whatever enchantment kept them still the day before was broken. The environment didn't seem so dark now. The town hall we took refuge in as well as the small village just seems like a charming hamlet lost in time. We hiked back to the car via the long dirt path. When we got back to the car, the tree that had fallen wasn't there anymore, like it was part of the spell keeping people away from this place. Ulysses and I looked at each other, sharing a quizzical glance. Chariots have changed quite a bit. But it seems your horses have run away. Unfortunate, really. <laughs> What's so amusing? On these chariots, old man, the horses are within. Hop in, Andras, and welcome to the 20th century. Our destination is two days on horseback. Well, then we should get there by dinner time. Ulysses and I shared another laugh at Andras' expense. Hopefully by this time tomorrow we could head back into the city having stopped an awful ritual. Another day went by without the memory of what actually happened at the docks, or that mob safe house in the back of, I think, was a restaurant. I was looking into Ricky for his mother, who was afraid he was in poor company working for the mob. Little details came back. A sharp flash in my mind of the wolf-headed coin sent me into a migraine. I've been having those a lot lately. Another headache, Dusty? Maybe you should see a doctor. And tell the doctor what? That I wake up naked, covered in blood? They throw me right in the loony bin. I'm okay, Sam. They come and go. Maybe it's just allergies with the changing seasons. Oh, okay. Are you going to check up on that Ricky guy at the docks? I think it's better I stay away from there for now. Yeah, stay away from Gorgonestas too. I saw on the news there was some kind of rivalry between the Mosellos and the Storellis that got bloody. Mosellos even managed to kill Stefano Storelli himself. I guess the restaurant was a mob front. Whoever killed the boss is going to have to look over his shoulder the rest of his life. I was in the back of that restaurant. I remember the sign now. I remember smelling Italian food cooking. 
I remember the bustling kitchen. I remember being strapped to a chair and beaten senseless. I remembered passing out as soon as Stefano showed up outside and my captors left me in the dark. What happened afterwards? Did someone save me? Did I break free? Was it their blood all over me? There were so many questions. I needed to get more information on the case. It might be a long shot, but I need to see if Joe can help me out or point me in the right direction. I needed to account for my missing time. If you ask me though, that's just a couple more criminals off the street. At the risk of losing job security, I wouldn't mind it if a few more wound up dead or missing. I'd prefer that they went to jail instead of being ripped apart. Ripped apart? Who said anything about them being ripped apart? Did I miss that on the news? Uh, by bullets, I mean. I assumed it was a mess. Why did I say ripped apart? Why would I say something like that? I felt the seed of another migraine sprouting, so I attempted to relax and think about something else. Sam, I'm gonna pay Joe a visit. I might need his help finding out what happened with Gord- uh, um, Ricky. He was unloading something suspicious on the docks, and Joe might know something. Oh, okay. Well, I I'm gonna wrap up some filing here so you don't walk into a mess on Monday. Sam, I appreciate your hard work. Thanks for sticking around. I couldn't deal with all this without you, and I'll make sure Frank knows that too. There's no place I'd rather be. Stay safe out there. I grabbed my coat and buttoned it tight. The weather was turning from a rainy fall to a chilly early winter. The leaves hardly had time to rot, creating a sweet, earthly smell of autumn. As soon as I walked outside, my nose ran a little. The excuse I gave Sam about the allergies weren't too far off. But ever since I was young, I remember stuffy noses at the change of seasons, accompanied with pounding headaches behind my eyes. Nothing like these migraines, though. I let myself feel like it would be alright. Like I would find the answers I needed sooner or later. I'm sure talking to Joe would make me feel a lot better. I haven't seen him since it started getting crazy around here. I galloped to the car to avoid lingering exposure to the biting cold. The heat was busted in Frank's car, something I hoped we could fix by the time winter crept in. Maybe I could surprise Frank by repairing it before he got back. Not many shops were open on the weekend, but I could always try bright and early tomorrow. Picture current coming in, and that's showing signs of more rain in the week ahead, proving to be record amount of rainfall this year. In other news, police are dumbfounded by the sheer malice displayed at the massacre at Gorgonesta's Italian eatery. One source claims the victims were attacked by a bear, a claim citizens are saying is a cover-up to keep us in the dark on violent organized crime taking over our city. We will keep you posted as the story develops. Part of me was hoping that when we caught Jonah or chased Cordelia out that the crime rate would drop. But if anything, it got worse. Like somebody broke the dam holding back the criminals in the city. I pulled up to Joe's house. His kids played in the yard with their golden retriever. They were having too much fun to even notice me. Joe was smoking a cigar on a rocking chair, reading the news. Hey, kid. Grab some seat. Thanks, Joe. How's Force Retirement treating you? I get more family time, and that's a blessing. <laughs> and a curse. So spill it, kid. What's the skinny? I wanted to ask a favor. What kind of favor? I need the full report for the massacre. The one at Gorgonesta's. 
What do you want with something like that, kid? Seems a little too dark for your taste. The boys said it was like a pack of wolves ripped up that mafioso, and a bunch of his guys, too. I have a friend that might have been mixed up in that. I need to find him. I guess I still have a little pull. I'll see what I can do. But don't get your hopes up. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it. Hey, Dusty. I don't know what you got yourself into, but you're not Frank. I know, Joe. I... You're not Frank. Don't go jumping headfirst into trouble. I got it, Joe. I got it. Good. You hungry? I could set an extra place for dinner. Come on, we're having steaks. Okay, but I can't stay too long. Great. So how do you want yours? I'll take mine rare. Well, stranger, we appreciate you stopping by to spend some time with us in the shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head over to at Neon Shadows Pod on all social media and check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Neon Shadows Pod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The cast of this episode was Dusty Willis voiced by Dan Faulkner Sam voiced by Ellie Hirschman Frank Dixon voiced by Ian Knowles Andras voiced by Tim Duplissy Radio News Anchor voiced by Logan Lenkowski Detective Joe Sutton voiced by Tyler Brown Ulysses voiced by Sean Goodrich The theme song is Neon Shadows performed by Amber Wren Written by Tyler Brown and Ian Knowles. Neon Shadows was created and written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved. Copyright Blunderbuss Studios 2021. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.